absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin. This is episode 35 already, and we welcome back one of our all-time favorite guests, basically becoming a regular on the show, uh, Corn Tour Caddy, Mike Creed. Mike, what's the good word? Uh, not a thing, you know, just, just hanging out um, after a long, uh, long couple of weeks and months out on the road and um, doing a little bit of rest and relaxation here and there, uh, but just enjoying my, uh, my Monday night. So we'll, we'll get into the whole you know, series of events that kind of led us to each other, you know, for some of the, the new listeners that we've had come into the Leave the Pin and family with over the last few months or so. Um, but Mike, why don't you kind of introduce yourself, let people out there that haven't listened in the past, that are new, let them know uh, what you do, who you caddy for. Um, and I guess more importantly, too, I want to talk a little bit, too, what, what you do in the offseason now. A lot of people don't know what tour caddies do when the season's over. And, you know, the corn tour is done until January again, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're on a little bit of a hiatus, um, for, uh, for a few months for those guys that, uh, that have, you know, that full slate of, uh, of events for next year. Uh, but actually the, uh, first stage of, uh, Q school actually starts the end of this month. So, uh, there's going to be a lot of guys teeing it up um, over the next uh, couple of weeks through first stage, second stage, and then the final stage. Um, but yeah, for the for the people who uh, may need a reminder or, or haven't uh, haven't heard one of my interviews before, um, I'm a I'm a corn corn caddy out of uh, Northern Virginia. Uh, this has been my first year on the professional level. Uh, I work for uh, a couple different guys, Michael uh, Budakavali for a couple events. Uh, I did an event with Michael A. Dinner. I did uh, eight events with Ryan Yip, and then I uh, just finished a 13-week stretch with uh, Tyson Alexander. Um, and, uh, and it's been a great experience, um, especially thinking back from when uh, when you and I first met in Savannah in, in the end of March and uh, just kind of looking back from you know, what, uh, what it was like for me, um, for those first couple months to what I've, I've experienced, you know, from now and, until then, uh, it's just been a great, great learning experience. Uh, it's, it's been awesome to, uh, to spend a year out, um, on the road and, and, uh, and just kind of, kind of traveling and trying to, to get to that PGA tour, uh, tour level, um, and, uh, and yeah, as far as the off season goes, uh, I've been back in the area now for about a week, did, uh, some club caddying stuff over the last week. And, uh, it's a little bit, a little bit of torture, um, uh, from, from what I'm used to, uh, it's, I guess it's more of like the mindset to, um, you know, I, I feel that like club caddying is more more about just providing a good experience to whether it's members or guests, wherever you're working, um, compared to, 
you know, being out with a professional golfer and, you know, all the information is vital to, to what you're giving them and, and the preparation that goes in during the week. Um, so not that I don't really, I don't enjoy, not enjoy club chatting so much just because the money's decent. Um, but, uh, you know, I wish I was at the Greenbrier this week, um, you know, getting ready to, to do a practice round tomorrow. But, um, you know, hopefully we'll be in that position next year, uh, at, at this time of, uh, at this time of the season. Scott and I actually have media credentials for the Greenbrier. Um, just chose not to use them. Just too early in our you know back to school year to be taking days off. But I can guarantee you that if you were there with Tyson, we would a hundred percent be there. That was actually our deciding factor. Just so you know, uh, we said, hey, if you know if, if Mike makes it there, we're all in a hundred percent. But we're gonna sit at home uh, this week anyway. Hey Mike, can you uh, like can, can can we tell people the club you caddy at, or you rather just kind of keep that low key off record? Oh no! Uh, so prior to me being out uh, on the tour for the year, I worked at TPC Potomac for the better part of uh, four years. I uh, recently started working at Baltimore Country Club um, at the kind of the the end of last summer. Um, and uh, I really I haven't been in touch too much with the guys at Potomac, um, partially because I think they're a bit upset that I was on the road for the full year. Um, but uh, you got to do what you got to do. And um, after what I've learned and seen and um, just kind of took in all this year, um, I will 100% be doing the tour county life for as long as I can. Um, there's just so much more upside. Um, it's, you know, the sort of environment that you, that I want to be in, uh, as a caddy, um, and not to knock the guys that, that do the club caddying all year. Cause I've, I've, like I said, I've done that for a number of years, um, you know, in the North and then traveling South to Florida. Uh, but I just, I just love the environment, um, every week, you know, being at a different golf course, uh, being around excellent golfers, um, and uh, and again, just trying to reach reach that PGA Tour level. Now, I know you and I have talked in the past a lot about the lack thereof playing when you're out caddying. Uh, is that something you at least look forward to getting back into now that the season's over and you're kind of back home a little bit, going out and getting to play yourself? And if so, the club that you caddy at, uh, at Baltimore there, do they let caddies play? Do you have rights at the course, or where's where's your home course that you play most at? Well, I'm definitely looking forward to getting back and playing some golf. Um, like you know, don't really get the uh, the chances and opportunities to when you're traveling week to week. Um, when it comes to to the club caddying, I find that most golf courses are pretty good about letting you know the club caddies there play. Some are a little bit more restrictive to say Mondays, um, but a Baltimore, um, yeah, it's it's super easy to to get out um, a couple of days a week um, and uh, you know take advantage of that. Um, but for my home course, I, I play at Laurel Hill Golf Club, uh, which is in Morton, Virginia, that actually hosted the last uh, U.S. Pub Links. It's a Bill Love design. It's a super good golf course. Um, I haven't played out there since 
like the middle of April. So I'm definitely looking forward to getting back there. As you know, as a as a Pennsylvania guy, you know, for us in the Northeast, it seems like September, October is like the absolute best uh, time of the year to play golf in our area. Um, so again, I'm looking forward to taking advantage of advantage of that. Um, but for sure, I mean, I've looked up uh, maybe one or two tournaments to try to sign up for and whatnot. Uh, but it'll it'll probably uh, it'll probably happen if if the uh, first couple of rounds that I go out and play if, hit the range are uh, are halfway decent. You know, um, I uh, I think I hit balls in Portland at Top Golf. Uh, it didn't hit too bad, uh, but for not <clears throat> for not getting balls uh, in about a month's time from then, um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, just ju- just what transpires during my first round of golf. Yeah, it's one of those things where you, if you go out and shoot even or or close to it, you know the uh, the ideas start dancing around your head. Like I'm ready to get back to that competitive golf level again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, I know how that is. Um, listen, before we get into kind of a year in review, and I really want to kind of pick your brain about how you've grown as a caddy and and life on tour. Um, give the people, especially the new listeners, give them an idea of how you got into tour caddying because the biggest thing that I've seen meeting people out on the PGA tour, the corn tour, um, even people at the USM at, at Pinehurst is people's stories are so interesting how they got into it. And, and a lot of people fall into it. A lot of people are groomed for it. Uh, you know, most of the time you hear like, ah, oh, well, I just took my buddy with me and then we went on this wild roller coaster ride and all of a sudden I'm on the PGA tour now. Um, give people your story. How did, how did Mike get involved and become a pro tour caddy? Well, it all started with social media. Um, and, uh, I, it was probably back in early December. Um, when, uh, I decided that I was going to do this seriously, uh, I just jumped on Instagram pretty much right after Q school finished and looked up. Um, a bunch of guys that had qualified, uh, looked at guys from the Latin tour and Canadian tour and just sent out a bunch of, bunch of messages. Um, and I actually reached out to JT Poston's caddy, uh, Aaron, who I worked together with on the Sunday of the Quicken Loans, um, back in the summer of last year, which initially got me involved in it when I got um I got the opportunity to caddy for uh Alex Cheka and uh in the Quicken Loans. So I reached out to him and uh he reached out to a few guys that he knew um or who who knew that might be available. Um so of all the messages I sent out I got a reply back uh from this guy, uh Michael Budicavalli out of Miami, who had won the tour championship for the Latin tour. I think he was guaranteed the first four events. Um, and, uh, and yeah, he, he, he replied back, said, you know, yeah, I'm looking for someone. Um, obviously first two events are in the Bahamas. It's tough for guys, um, to find someone for, for, for those two events. Um, and, uh, yeah, went down there and, uh, we had met in Florida the week prior. I saw him play a minor league golf tour event. And, uh, just kind of took it from there. Um, 
and unfortunately he didn't get into the second event in Abaco. Um, so I had, I had met another caddy <clears throat> the week of the Quicken Loans. He set me up with another player, David Skin. Um, and from there, you know, those first two weeks, when you're kind of in the middle of nowhere, you know, there's only so many places to go out to eat and socialize and whatnot. So um, I knew that networking was key. Uh, tried to meet as much, you know, as many people as I could. Um, and from those two events, I met Lonto Griffin's caddy, Chris, super good guy. Uh, we spent, you know, a bunch of dinners together this, this year. Um, he linked me up with Michael Abear, who, who he, he used to work for. And, um, yeah, pretty much, uh, linked back up with, uh, with Buddha in Savannah. And then, um, and then, yeah, you know, just, just kind of took it from there. And it's obviously, um, tough for a, a pro to have someone work for them that they don't know that well and they don't know how they carry. Cause I mean, Buddha just kind of, you know, took, took a risk and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, there's obviously signs from pro golfers that they can easily see if, if the guy carrying their bag knows what they're doing or not. So, um, I, you know, I felt competent from, from all the experience that I have. Um, but like I said, I, I've learned so much, uh, this year, um, that for how good a club caddy I think I am, um, obviously, you know, I had to get my feet wet out on the professional golf tour. Um, and, and I, I feel like I'm 10 times the caddy that I was this time last year. Um, so I can kind of look back on the year, year and feel pretty proud of what I've accomplished and, and where I've been. So, um, that just gives me more confidence going into next year. What, what do you, what do you see as your biggest areas of improvement? Like take it from the, the Bahamas events at the beginning of January up until, you know, the recently completed tour championship with, with, you know, you were a part of what, uh, what specific areas have you grown the most in? And then I guess my next question is where do you see your year starting next year? Where do you see that, that going as opposed to this year? Yeah, well, from, from the Bahamas to the last week, uh, I would say, just the kind of the preparation that goes into, um, you know, being a tour caddy, getting to a golf course on, on Monday, uh, buying a yardage book, um, walking it, uh, double checking, you know, the, the, like the heads, um, if the yardages are off and whatnot. Um, and just kind of, uh, kind of socializing with other caddies because obviously there's guys that have been out there for 20 something years that may do things differently than, than what I do and look for different things. Um, because you want to be over prepared when it comes to Thursday, when the golf tournament starts and that includes, you know, double checking, you know, covers on, on bunkers and what the runouts are if they're not in the book and, um, I, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to go back all the way to the Bahamas and, and, uh, you know, I would walk the golf courses and whatnot. Um, but, uh, but I can't remember exactly, um, you know, what, what I was looking for, obviously 
Um, and maybe that became a little bit easier for me since Tyson and I worked together for, for 13 weeks in a row. Um, and, um, and looking back on that, um, at least going into next year, you know, I, I kind of know what to expect, um, from that vantage point of, you know, being prepared and, and, and knowing what these guys look for. Um, and, and, and another aspect is, is just kind of, um, what, what I do in situations that are like, you know, if your guy hits a bad shot, you know, I didn't really know what, what the, what the reaction would be the first, you know, couple of holes or events, uh, especially cause you know, I worked for a couple of different guys, those, those first couple of months. Um, but just kind of knowing, knowing when to say something and, and knowing when, you know, just to let them do their thing, um, is, is obviously a big key because, you know, you don't want to be, um, you don't want to be, uh, I guess saying the wrong things to them when, you know, when they're not playing great or maybe you want to say the right things when they need a little bit of a pick me up and, you know, tell them, you know, you know, we played well for God, the last four or five weeks, you know, the putts are going to, the putts are going to go in, just, you know, trust your stroke and whatnot. Um, so like I said, you know, those, those two things I, I think are, you know, probably the, the biggest keys for, you know, keeping your job out there um, in terms of just, you know, course management, going through the book and being prepared and, and just being able to, uh, just being able to be a bit of a, of a support system for your guy. Now, does the Corn Tour have um, any sanctions put in place where, like, are, are are the caddies unionized like on the PGA Tour at all? Does that does that drop down to the Corn Tour or or no? Are they just on an individual? Uh, it's yeah, it's individual, you know, player by player basis. I guess right. Yeah, yeah, player by player, and like, I know the guys on the PGA. You know, they get their health insurance and. You know, they get the, the Janie King towels and the Valspar hats. They get points. Um, so, you know, you're, you're wearing those things and, and, and holding that towel every week. And you're accumulating, uh, accumulating points throughout the season based on how your guys do it. So, you know, if you get a win and you're on TV for, let's say the whole weekend, you're gonna, you're gonna get some, some decent money towards the end of the year. Uh, from from the tour, I don't know if it's specifically those sponsors, um, but you're going to pick up a couple extra grand um, at the end of the year. Uh, but now for the corn tour, you know we're basically on our own for um, for any of that. And like you know, again, that's just another reason to to be able to try to get to the PGA tour, um, just you know on those on those little incentives. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one of the things people ask me all the time. Uh, you know, that know I'm friends with you and, and, and friends with Dan and some of the other guys that caddy on the tours. They ask a lot. They say, you know, like how much can these guys make because they must spend a ton in travel and in food, you know, when they're at these different events and stuff. Um, can you give us – it doesn't have to be you specifically, but can you give us a little idea on the average week, um, maybe like what your monetary output would be for food, housing, even such things as, you know, gas and stuff like that. Looking back on it, I'd say the average week, if you're flying, 
you're flying, you know, your, your flight's going to be, well, it also depends on, on how long or, you know, how far in advance you're booking this stuff, uh, based on what your player schedule, like for me, um, going with Tyson, you know, week to week, like we were, I was buying plane tickets for events, probably four weeks in advance from when we were getting there. So I'd say roughly plane ticket, let's say 300, uh, rental car is going to be about 200 food for the week. If you're eating out every night, um, given that the tool provides breakfast and lunch, let's say 150 to 200, depending on, on what kind of, what kind of eater you are or, or if, uh, if you're going out to the bars and whatnot. Um, and then, uh, Airbnbs, if there's no host housing. Uh, I've had some really good ones over the last couple of weeks. That was about $250. Um, so really, I mean, if you're base pay, most guys out there on the court floor are making 800 to maybe 1200 on the high end. So right there, I mean, you're looking at your, your base pay uh, going out straight away on everything that you're using for that week. So um, you're either hoping that you you know, you've made a lot of cuts with some high finishes and saving saving what you're earning. Um, or like I said, you know, some guys are just going to break even. It just depends on how they manage your money and and what kind of uh, finishes their guys are having. Uh, so it's 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 not that lucrative um, compared to the PG. Um, I know some of the finishes that Tyson and I had this year. You know, if you were to compare, like we had a fourth place finish. In California, if you were to have that on the PGA compared to the Corn Ferry, I think he would have easily made six figures, and I think he made about twenty four, twenty five thousand that week. So um, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely not all not all luxury and whatnot, um, but you definitely need to be able to to travel smart um, and and uh, and and know the good airlines to book with and and uh, and looking for good, cheap Airbnbs, um, which is, you can add that on to another thing I learned this year, you know, just the, the travel, right. And, and what to look out for and, and how to book, uh, book an expensive airfare. What, uh, what travel hacks have you kind of picked up from other caddies along the way this year that, that have really kind of helped out? Um, well, I got the Avis the Avis code for the rental cars, which are nice. I mean, I, I don't really think it takes all that much off, but again, I mean, if it's saving a hundred bucks for the league, it's saving a hundred bucks. Um, God, like some guys, uh, you know, are traveling around in vans and whatnot and sleeping in the back seats and, and whatnot and just camping, you know, some weeks. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I'd, I'd be, uh, I'd be game for that, but you know, whatever, again, whatever works for them. Um, airline tickets are a little dicey, you know, I don't think you can really find cheap airfare unless you're booking, you know, well in advance. Um, but again, you know, just, just trying to, to meet some guys out there and become buddies and, and split rental cars and Airbnbs, um, for, for most weeks, which I've been fortunate to do, uh, with some other caddies that I met up on the, uh, on the tour. Uh, so that's, that's been good. Um, and it's, you know, you kind of, you kind of look after one another in a way. Um, if, if, uh, you know, someone needs a place to, to stay and split it or whatever, you know, we're all kind of looking out for each other. Um, just kind of in our own, 
own clicks. Um, so, but again, I mean, we're all we're all trying to make a living out there and, and, and to reach the, uh, the pinnacle of the PGA Tour. So, you know, for all the years that some of these guys might be out here and just going, you know, kind of week to week and check to check uh, to finally hit that PGA Tour stage, um, you know, who knows? Someone might have a a win. You know, the first couple of events that are out there this season, and all of a sudden, you know, they've they've got a a decent chunk of change in the bank account. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, you win on the PGA Tour if you want to take the old adage of a caddy getting ten percent. I mean, there's a six figure paycheck right there. You know, for a week's work. Yeah, and I mean, again, it's the same thing with the players. I mean, I know the traveling for them and all the expenses that come into wanting to play professional golf is, you know, I I can't wrap my head around all all that stuff. So, um, you know, they're all they're all trying to reach that that stage as well to. Uh, you know, to increase their, you know, their lifestyles and families and whatnot. And um, so when you have, you know, a caddy and a player kind of striving for the same thing, you know, it, it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely the right combination, uh, you know, that you, that you want to be around. Um, I want to ask you a few kind of uh, rapid fire questions, you know, to kind of wrap the year up or so. Um, all personal stuff, you know, your opinion on things. Who has the best swing on the corn tour? The best swing? Well, Tyson, Tyson's got a good move. Um, and it's not because I'm biased, but uh, I've we've stood on the driving range and we've hit balls and whatnot before a round, and I've had other caddies, you know, just come over to me and say, man, you know, that's, that's a PGA you know, tour caliber type swing right there. Um, but um, if I had to pick someone else to fight him, uh, I really like um, Grant Hirschman's game. Um, young guy from Oklahoma. Uh, we played probably three or four rounds uh, over the summer together. Um, he's got a really good game. Um, I really like Harry Higgs as well. He's got a, I mean, he's a big guy. Uh, but he has a great move on the golf ball too. Um, he's one of the guys that made it through the 25. Uh, so I, you know, I, I'm imagining he's going to have a great year. Um, but yeah, those are the two guys that, and then, uh, Scotty Scheffler, I met that kid when he was eight years old in Dallas, Texas. We played a summer's worth of golf together and, um, you know, everyone kind of talked him up at a, at a junior level. Uh, even at the age of you know eight and nine, and um, you know there was there was no doubt he was going to be on the PGA Tour at some point in time. Uh, but he's got a really good golf swing too. What course did you caddy at this year that you wish you could have dropped the bags and just started playing at? Only one, only one golf course. Uh, I'll let you go two. I I know one already. Right. I know one already that you're going to say. Really? Uh, the, one, right. the, so one first, in, the one in Colorado. Yeah, TBC Colorado uh, was definitely up there. That was going to be my second. The first one uh, probably has to be Pumpkin Ridge in Portland, where they okay. have the final event. Um, I like everything about that golf course, except for the ninth hole out there. Uh, a little bit, I mean, you really have nowhere to hit the ball off the tee with how this hole is set up and into the green. Um, but that golf course, 
is just, you know, just awesome. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's well, well designed apart from the ninth hole. It's in the big pine trees. Um, and you know, you got the, the finishing holes of, um, Oh, you know what? Even just thinking about this, I mean, Victoria national as well, uh, that we were on for the tour championship. Um, I mean, that stretch of golf, like they, you know, they weren't messing around when they're talking the last, you know, four or five finishing holes are no joke. Um, but, but those three, uh, are definitely on the top of my list for, for somewhere that I would have liked to have played, uh, if, if I had the opportunity to drop the bag at all. Gotcha. And Pumpkin Ridge, obviously, uh, where Tiger won his last, uh, USM, his, his third USM was at Pumpkin Ridge, uh, as well. Uh, what city, town, area that you went to had the best food nightlife? Place that you enjoyed the most? Ooh, um, Boise, Idaho was very good. And for someone, I've never, never been to Idaho. I mean, you really only think of potatoes and Boise State football. (laughs) Um, but for and it kind of reminded me of Salt Lake, but Salt Lake being a little bigger of a city, um, Boise was awesome. Uh, you know, you're right next to Boise State, so you have a little bit of a college vibe. But then downtown Boise, with all the restaurants that are around in such a small area, there's loads of people out walking around and whatnot. Uh, that was like the most underrated city um, and one that I enjoyed the most. Um, and then. Earlier in the year, obviously the Bahamas is the Bahamas. Uh, you know, it, was, it kind of felt like vacation more than work those two weeks. Uh, so they, they were definitely up there too. Um, as far as courses go, what I don't I don't want to say the worst course. I don't I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. But what what course was um, let's say the most poorly designed, in your opinion? You're looking for a I would PC have, answer right now. Yeah. <laughs> you can pass. You can pass. No, um, it was unfortunate that the, the course that we played in in Kansas City, Blue Hills, um, it, it was so wet that week. Uh, obviously, they can't control the weather, um, but it was it was just like the tee boxes were like quicksand um, for these guys, and they they were essentially rolling them. Um, to, to get some sort of just stable ground. Um, it was a little bit of a, a tricky golf course, but I, I, I wouldn't miss that golf course if, if, uh, if we didn't, if we didn't play it next year, but I do know there was, um, a lot of complaints about the course in Louisiana. Um, and again, it's probably more down to weather, but I wasn't there for that one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would probably skip blue Hills if, if, uh, if I had the, uh, if I had the choice to next year. Okay, so that leads me to my next question. Uh, from literally March through early May, whenever you guys got to a city, got to a course, the skies would literally open up. Um, what course that you caddied at, what week had the absolute worst weather where you were sitting there thinking like, you know, geez, I just wish I was home right now? I didn't get to experience it, but the one in South Carolina for the BMW was oh, that the was worst awful. for the guys this year. <laughs> um, which I was up in Canada, well, luckily, but 
we had a we had an event like that in New York um, where there was rain delays uh, for like two hours. There was one wave that didn't start until um, until the following day. So they played 36. Tyson and I ended up playing 36 as well. Um, but that was probably like for for as like off and on as that that week felt. That was probably the coolest scene of golf that I've ever witnessed in my entire life. Um, and <laughs> we were on our, uh, oh gosh, we played 36 in one day. We were on our 35th hole. There was a par five and Tyson was in these trees and we had like 263 to the flag and he wanted to hit this like cut three wood. And we had literally minutes before they were going to blow the horn. So he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to hit this shot. And he hit it and it looks so good through like the dark clouds as they're rolling in that he's running up to the green. I'm running up to the green with the bag. I toss him the putter. Um, he had like 12 feet just off the fringe for an Eagle putt. He made the Eagle putt and he ran off the green and I threw him. Oh, I think it was like a four iron for this, this last hole. And he literally got this shot off with like, 10 seconds before they blew the horn so that all three of like the whole group could finish, you know? Uh, but that was the craziest like sequence of events that, that I've experienced the whole year um, while I was out there. Yeah, that's nuts. I remember, uh, you know, you see it like at the U S open a lot, you know, because whenever there's a delay, you know, they'll, they'll play in, uh, in June, July up until dark. And I remember specifically Poulter, with one group just running. He was going to miss the cut, uh, running up to the tee, literally just dropped the ball down, hit this swing while he was running like Happy Gilmore style, literally like shanked it into the woods, uh, but just so his other playing competitors could could finish. Uh, so that, that's pretty hilarious, especially on a 36-hole day because I'm sure you guys were exhausted at the end there. Oh, yeah, that, that was a grind. And, I mean, again, you know, it's just one of those things you really don't know. Like, you don't expect that. You know, but on every, any given week, and it's a joke with most of the players out there. You know, before the the tour changed its name, we were we were known as the Wet Dot Com Tour, and you know that name definitely held up for I would say at least a third of the season. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, you you just try to uh, you just try to stay positive in those things because you know a lot of guys you know can can get a little miserable and you know, frustrated with just kind of hanging out all day and whatnot and knowing, knowing if, you know, they're going to play or, you know, the caddies are, you know, complaining and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, you just just try to, to buy your time and uh, just make, for, make sure your cell phone's charged enough that you can, you know, look at Instagram <laughs> and Twitter all day, you know. Um, what, what event had the best fans? Best fans, I would I would have to say, I would have to say Wichita and Omaha. Um, I think Wichita had the best hole for fans. That was the 17th uh, par three, uh, two tiered stands. The atmosphere was awesome there over the weekend, um, even Friday afternoon. Um, but yeah, that that hole was awesome. Um, they were letting us like throw sleeves of golf balls into the crowd and um, all sorts of stuff. So that was that was a cool that was a cool week. 
What about, uh, last one, what about best host family that you stayed with over the year? It's got to be the, uh, the couple down in Savannah. Um, Ron and Judy. Uh, yeah, Ron yeah, and the Judy. Monaco's. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. They, they, were, they were super, super nice people. Um, although I had some good ones. I mean, I got to say, for, for the fact that, you know, most of the weeks they offer host housing on the players, I think I did pretty good. Of, they got host housing like 10 weeks out of the season. Um, the family I had in Colorado was super kind. I mean, all the families were, were top-notch. But, you know, you kind of feel bad because you're out all day, and then when you get home, all you want to do is go to sleep and, and whatnot. So, I mean, you try to be, you know, social and whatnot as much as you can be. Uh, but, yeah, definitely definitely Ron and Judy were, were top-notch, probably because they were the first host that I had this season. Um, so, hopefully, um, you know, we'll Dan and I will be invited back uh, there next year and then, you can come down and we can do we can do another uh, another podcast out on the deck. Oh, believe me, I'm I'm already in. We are I'm Facebook friends with them. You know, we, we keep up to date. We're uh, we're already planning it, my man. Trust me. <laughs> It'll be another good time down in Savannah for sure. And this time, I think we'll we'll be bringing the entire Leave the Pinning crew uh, with, so I won't have to be solo out there. So uh, you mentioned before, Mike, you mentioned about how the tour is going to its qualifying series now, right? Um, Are you going to have anything to do with that caddy-wise? Would you pick up a guy here or there if they asked you? Well, I probably wouldn't do first or second stage just because it seems like they're more – the more south, like southern and kind of out in the west. There's a couple in Alabama and um, I want to say California for first stage. There's like four or five sites. And then second stage, it's like Texas, Florida. Um, but uh, I, don't, I don't have any plans to do any of the Q schools right now. And, you know, Tyson and I just had a, a brief conversation um, you know, when we left uh, Indianapolis, um, just in regards to kind of, you know, where where do we go from here and whatnot? Because obviously for me, I've never been in a situation before where I've worked for a guy and, you know, we had some success and, you know, it's like, you know, what do we do from here? And, you know, because um, it's like, you know, does he do Monday qualifiers or does he go play some of the Latin events um, kind of in the fall? Uh, so for right now, I told Tyson, you know, I'm not going to go look for, for someone else to work for. You know, I'd love to pick it back up with him um, at the start of the season and just kind of, um, you know, kind of pick up where we left off. Cause I, you know, I'm a firm believer that this guy is going to win multiple times next year. Um, not only because of what I've witnessed, you know, over the last couple of months, but here's a guy that came into the season with no status. Um, and, you know, he played himself into the reshuffle and then, you know, we had, oh, I think we made 11 cuts out of 13 events. And, um, you know, he, he definitely has the game and the swing, like I said, for the PGA Tour. Um, so, um, I mean, if anyone kind of approaches me about doing final stage, you know, if, if it's worth it to go down to, to Florida to do that, you know, I'll reach out to Tyson. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't really want to make it seem like I want to work for somebody else. 
um, when I've got a solid player. Um, so, um, yeah, I'll definitely be keeping my eye out because <clears throat> I'll have I'll have buddies that are be, that'll be catting in those um, in those events. Um, but uh, but no, I, I don't have any plans to, to do the uh, the Q tools for now. Gotcha. And and this is not the first time that you've mentioned, you know, kind of kind of your faith in Tyson and, and how um, you feel he can do on the PGA Tour. I mean, you've been saying that to me, at least personally, you know, from from the get go, from the start. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to get to see him play on TV for a little bit, a few swings here and there from what, you know, the Corn Tour actually allows on TV or what I guess the networks um, pay for for them. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think you got a stud there. I think you got a guy that's that's definitely going to be going places next year. And I, for one, am excited to to see that, and also obviously to see you, you know, along for the ride. Um, so I guess last question from from me is, what do what do the winter months hold for you? You know, obviously being in the in the Baltimore, Virginia area, um, you know. Granted, you're not getting the snow like I'm going to get up in PA and stuff, but I can't imagine that that the courses are having that much play in the winter. You're going to be heading down south. What are those? What are those? I guess uh, desolate winter months look like for you as a caddy now? Yeah, they're they're obviously not the uh, the greatest for work, uh, but for right now, it looks like typically the caddy season up where we are. Uh, usually dies down after Veterans Day, and then you know into Thanksgiving. Um, it's kind of like you know what what do you what do you do? You know, if, um, I'm able to travel south of Florida to work at um, a couple different clubs. A friend of mine <clears throat> who caddies out on tour is planning to work at Streamsong. I was gonna uh, reach out to the caddy master to see if I could work there. Um, another course that I worked at in Miami Beach uh, for a couple months during the time that the tour had off reached out to me last week to see if I wanted to come back. So I have options. Um, my plan is at least to drive to Florida at some point before the Bahamas event. Um, hopefully we'll be going back to the Bahamas because the Island that we played on in Abaco is like, you know, I'm sure you've seen it's just destroyed. Yeah. It's just Um, absolutely decimated. And I see that actually the corn tour and the PGA tour is doing some, volunteer work down there ready to try to reestablish some sort of you know internet work system that they can just move even goods and services throughout the area because it's just uh, it's like a bomb went off right i mean you know there you know there's so many good people down there um and you know, hopefully um you know they'll be able to you know rebuild all that area and whatnot and um but for me though just I'll probably head down to Florida in, in some part of December um, and club caddy down there and then make my way out to Exuma for the Bahamas event. But again, I mean, Tyson and I will touch base, um, you know, as the, as the season comes closer and kind of see where, uh, where he wants to start. So I may not have even go to the Bahamas, um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I'll, I'll probably ride the winter out up here for a couple weeks and then, head down to Florida and club caddy for a little bit. And, uh, and then, yeah, just start back up, uh, out on tour. And, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully we, we just continue to improve where we left off. Um, 
Hutsor did have a few announcements of some new courses and stops uh, this year, which is kind of cool. But uh, I think last year they released the schedule towards the end of September. So um, I'll be interested to see, you know, what the logistics are. Like I said, you know, hopefully they improve it a little bit for, uh, for us and the players. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just, just take it from there, but um, definitely going to enjoy a bit of time off, um, you know, here and there. And, uh, and yeah, pick it back up when the snow comes. Hopefully I miss all of it, right? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, well, I certainly am looking forward to when the schedule releases. I always pray for something in the Northeast. I usually don't get it. Um, I would love something in and around the Philly area. There's so many good courses down off the main line down there that they could hit up. Um, even, even around you and, you know, Dan in the, in the, you know, Maryland, DC, Virginia area, I feel we need a lot more, but I also understand the corn tour, you know, um, goes to some of those small market areas. Like you mentioned Wichita before, you know, like what, what else happens in Wichita except for like, you know, the shockers, uh, collegiate team, there's nothing. So those areas embrace those little events so much. And, you know, I think that's great. Because the Northeast is definitely spoiled uh, as far as major golf tournaments go. But I would love to see a small one close by. And that's you know my own personal bias that I don't have to travel far to go to one. Uh, Mike, as always, my man, a pleasure having you on. I, I can't thank you enough for being so candid and honest. And I know, I know for a fact that our listeners and fans love it. Because every time we have you on, people will DM me questions like, Hey, next time Mike comes on, ask him this, ask him that. Um, so they they love having you on. You know I more than appreciate it, my man. I appreciate you getting me to uh, you know have a platform to be able to kind of tell my story and you know inform uh, inform the golf fans out there that you know what is you know what life is like for us and whatnot. Um, so it's always a pleasure to come on and, and talk with you, and, and I appreciate you having me on. Well, you know you are always more than welcome. All right, people. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. <laughs>